You are listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Emma and Mary Kingsley, the mother-daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now, the farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now. Let's dig in. Hey, Mom, how are you doing today? Very good. You know what? It's actually hot today. It's the first hot day. Yeah. Camping out in the sun. It's hot. Yeah, I'm in my <laughs> you know, shirt sleeves, shorts. Wow. What a difference a week makes. Yeah, for sure. So it was fun being out in the yard today, and I was texting you about some of the plants that I see. I got that app that you recommended. What's it called? Plant This? Picture This. Picture This. Yes. it's. I think it's Guys. really good. I mean, there are lots of plant ID apps out there, but I this is the one I use, and I probably use it every single day. And um, it's well worth it to go ahead and pay, pay the price. The free one is not nearly as helpful. So, yeah. Yes. Well, if you've been following along with our interviews lately, you might have heard window glimpses into my own realization that I think I'm ready to take on the little green space that I have and convert it to as much native as possible and maybe even start growing vegetables. I don't know. I, who knows, you guys? It might not happen, but I'm just talking about it maybe to hold myself accountable. Um but that kind of relates to what I've been thinking about with, this is a bonus episode for all of you fans of my wedding, which <laughs> which we saw on Instagram when I posted a little post about it, that people are interested in weddings. Imagine that. Yeah. So we decided to go ahead and do another episode about it. And I think that the the taking care of, my green space and sort of putting down roots, so to speak, uh, sort of relates to that because in this season of pre-wedding and engagement, I'm thinking a lot about what does a wedding mean? Not necessarily what does getting married mean. That's part of it. It's probably a different conversation, but what does a wedding mean? Why are we having a wedding this huge thing in our culture that means a lot of different things to everybody and how someone has a wedding is so personal and why someone has a wedding is so personal. And in this season of pre-wedding, being engaged, I really wanted to also establish, you know, it's the beginning of a new life. So taking the opportunity to not just plan for the one day, but sort of lay out little, the foundation for a new life, which is really fun. And it's funny because I've been with my 
fiance for seven years and we've lived together for three and a half. So, so it seems like not that much would be changing, but there's definitely a sense of, of newness that I'm really excited about. That's making me want to invest time and energy in our outdoor space and our indoor space, but that's also a different conversation. So that's I thought we'd talk about that a little bit today. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. I'm, I, I love hearing that. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So sort of back to why have a wedding, I think is a really important question that we don't ask enough when we decide that, we're, <laughs> that we are getting married or want to have a wedding. And I think that this is the root of if you're trying to have a more sustainable wedding, you got to start with this question. Hmm. Why are you having the wedding? And mom, so what do you think about that? What do you think about that question? Why are you having a wedding? What a great question, because I think it's, you know, normally it's just an assumption. It's just something you do, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking back, you know, on tradition, cultural tradition, I think the real purpose of it is like community affirmation. Mm -hmm. Like for a, a young couple beginning their life together, they want to feel like they have a community around them to help them meet their needs, you know, their physical needs, i.e. gifts, you know, and emotional needs and surrounded by family and friends. It's, yeah, I think it's just a way of, um, we have as human communities of supporting a couple, creating a life together and creating th their own family and legacy and, and all of that. So I guess that's the sort of heart of it to me. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I'm sure I could think of some other things, but that's what jumped out to me when you asked that question. Yeah. So that's, okay. So that's your answer and what that means to you. But even digging deeper into that community support, all of that, those things even mean something different to every single person. So mm -hmm. I think your answer is probably what most people would say, like why we have weddings as a culture. But I think why it's so individual is because what does community mean is, is going to be kind of different to everyone. What does, what kind of support do you need? How do you want to feel supported? Um, you know, that's the, that's the really individual part. And recognizing that there are these traditions that you can take from if they're helpful to you, but also that you don't have to if it's not helpful to you, I think is even more important. So establishing, again, not why are you getting married, but why are you having a wedding? What's the, what's, what's the motivation behind the party? And or behind the ceremony and party. <laughs> Maybe you can tell where my um, priorities are lying. I'd love to hear you speak to that, what you just said, the cultural, the community. The community affirmation is one thing, but you said you think there's something even, even beneath that. I would love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Well, I think what's beneath it is what are, it's basically just your values mm. as a person and how you want to live your life. And I think that a wedding is a really great opportunity to express yourself through your values with your values sort of leading the way. So for example, 
if a big party with all of your friends and family is important, why? Is it because you want to thank your friends and family? Is it because you want to show everyone a really good time? I don't know. It can be all of these things. But, or do you want to focus more on your immediate family and your close-knit community and the people right around you who are geographically more connected? Or do you want it to just focus on you and your partner and a smaller intimate thing because you maybe you value a a higher end experience? Maybe you want a five-star dining experience for all of your guests and an amazing food experience is going to be the most important thing, but that wouldn't mean that you would invite everyone you know. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm starting to get at? It's sort of like it helps you make those decisions early on. Why do we want this? What's the motivation behind it? And for us personally, it was to celebrate and thank everyone we love. And we wanted it to be really easy on them. And we, we mentioned this in the last podcast, but that's yeah. sort of our, our our motivating factor was we know people would be traveling from far away and we wanted to make that as easy as possible. And yeah, that's sort of where you, you can begin with these big blue sky possibilities, but using what's important to you, you sort of narrow that down. Okay, so I want to ask you a question about all that. Where do you think expectation plays into people's thoughts about their wedding? That's such a good question. I think expectation is totally there and present because of because of the way that we are brought up, like frog in boiling water. We're like, this is what weddings look like. This is what you do at weddings. It's there, but it's invisible until you recognize it and you question it. So a really good thing to do before you decide why do you want to have a wedding is maybe write down all of your what all of your thoughts about weddings and what you think it should be and what you've seen it be and what you feel like you have to do. And then look at that list and and maybe decide from there what resonates and what doesn't with full permission to say we don't have to do it that way. Yeah, I I was wondering like for you and I haven't asked you this before. This is purely candid, but um when you decided you were going to get married, were you trying to factor in any expectation that you thought your dad and I had about it? Um, maybe, but I think I've had enough practice just maybe by the nature of we work so closely together otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think I don't have a problem saying what I want. <laughs> no, that's for sure. But I, I mean, was... Was that any part of it? Well, you know, was that any part of it? Because I'll I'll say this. If you had come by here one Sunday afternoon and said, hey, guess what? We got married yesterday. (laughs) You know, I would have thought, oh, that's great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) really. And a a lot of people, you know, you hear these stories of, of, you know, parents being sorely disappointed when, you know, the couple elopes and they're not allowed to celebrate the event with them or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't feel that way. I mean, that's not to say I'm not very excited about this celebration. It's going to be beautiful and it's so much fun getting ready for it and all that. Um, but I wasn't attached to that. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's hard to say, are most people kind of attached to that as parents? Like, 
or or is that just is that just an assumption? Is that just an expectation? And uh, you, you know, you hear especially you know, during COVID, you heard a lot about couples getting married, and then a year or two later, they would have the big party, they would have the big celebration, which I guess is you know, pretty much the same thing. It's just you know putting it off. But um, I don't know that there, you know, I I just think in our culture there's been just such tremendous pressure and expectation and assumptions that go along with the event itself that I think it would be helpful for people to be able to kind of separate out in their head. And That's so true. That's such a good point for not only someone who's planning a wedding for themselves, but the parents of someone planning a wedding for themselves and everyone sort of being really open and communicative at the very beginning about... And we actually did that. We We did sit down and we said what are your thoughts and here's our thoughts. And yeah, we, we had did. a really open conversation that was so helpful. I, I just feel like we were, we were there for whatever you guys wanted. And because, yeah, again, we weren't attached to any particular picture of what this should be like. Yeah. But some people might be. Yeah. And it's just important to know that. And then maybe when you know that, and maybe if that doesn't match what you want it to be, there's probably creative ways to make things work. And I guess my, what I'm trying to get at is leave space for that. Be open-minded about that. Be open and communicative. Question your expectations. Question the expectations of the, of the family that will be involved. If they need to be, maybe they don't need to be involved. And just sort of get all that out first before you even make any decisions. Because I've seen many times you just sort of get on, you like jump on this wedding treadmill, like hamster wheel that is so geniusly crafted. Like it's just a hamster wheel. It's an industry and there's like an entry point and they know exactly, you know, where you are and what you're thinking about and much more things about you because the way data is now. So you go on these websites and they're clocking. I mean, they know everything. So all that to say, before you enter, enter the hamster wheel, know that you can, you have the autonomy to make those kinds of big decisions before you get inundated with stuff. Yes. And that goes for the whole process, but especially at the beginning, that's so important. Um, so it, it makes you um, wonder like, Who's the wedding police? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's going to come along and say, you're not doing this right? However, I will say that that throughout this process, there have been many times when I felt like I needed guidance. Like I wanted to know the rules. I wanted to know the rules wherever the rules come from. Um, so I would know mm-hmm. whether or not I wanted to break them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good to have a place well, to start. I do have a great book that was recommended to me. It is called A Practical Wedding Planner, and it is by Meg Keen. She has a great website, too, with a lot of free downloadable spreadsheets and checklists. And her book is written very much in the spirit of everything we're talking about here, that you can do it however you want to do it. (laughs) Um, And that's been a great resource for me. Um, I also am talking about kind of shifting gears a little bit too. Okay, so we've decided this is going back. And also, not that it matters that much, but we haven't been engaged very long, actually. We got engaged in October. So 
all in all in it's a seven month engagement um <laughs> which is which is probably only because it would have been longer but the venue that we found had an opening for a certain weekend that we were excited about so we just sort of jumped on it because after that it wasn't available for like years so we jumped on that and pushed our deadline up and again it's okay because planning events is not something that we are strangers to and weddings is not something that I'm a stranger to and I felt comfortable with that. So quick engagement. And early on, I had a really great conversation with another friend of mine who is a flower farmer and florist. She's actually doing the flowers at our wedding, which is so exciting and I'm so happy. And she said, weddings are so fun because you get to make a day of like all your favorite things with all your favorite people And it gets to be this expression of kind of how you want to be in the world. Like your ideal, it's your ideal day. And it's one day that you get to pick to just make everything as beautiful and as delicious and as wonderful. And, you know, however you want it to be, whatever experience you want to give your guests to the way that you want to create that community. And... I just really love that. I lo- and that also framing the whole process in that, like as Emma and Cam's, how do we want to be in the world? How do we want our life to be sort of expressed in this day together has been really awesome and really helpful as a guidepost. I noticed that when you posted on Instagram about your engagement and you you put up kind of a little what was that, a wedding mood board or something? Or, um, insp- yeah, just insp- some photos that were really inspiring me. Yeah, we we got a lot of really nice comments on that. And a lot of people described their own sort of little unique expression of mm-hmm. their wedding day. And there were some really you know, sweet stories there about what people decided to do and you know how they approached the simplicity and sustainability and just getting to the heart of the occasion that I really enjoyed reading. And um, I invite anyone else out there, we would love to hear the story of your your wedding and how, how you decided to bring your ideas and your values and your hopes and dreams into the, the special day. We love hearing all that. Yeah, totally. So to drill down a little more specifically into some more specific decisions that I've made to relieve some pressure, because it's a lot of pressure. I knew pretty early on that I didn't want to have bridesmaids in the ceremony the way that we usually have them in America. Um, It's usually a handful of your best friends, maybe family, sort of probably wearing matching dresses, standing up next to you, which is such a wonderful tradition. And I've had the honor of being in some of these weddings with some of my best friends, and it's so meaningful. But for me, for whatever reason, and I can't quite put my finger on it, that felt like a lot of pressure, not only to, you know, narrow it down and choose who I would want standing next to me, but also thinking about what they're wearing and thinking about just everything that goes into it. And again, having been a bridesmaid myself, I know that being a part of a wedding, it's a lot of logistics. 
and expense. And of course, you're so happy to do it for your friends. But I never really thought about on the flip side what it's like for the bride, who's basically project managing it. And yeah, that was something that I felt like I could easily do without. And let me tell you, I still have bridesmaids. I have, we're going to the beach for the weekend before a month before my wedding. My my people, they know who they are. I'm getting them little gifts. They're gonna be there to celebrate. They're gonna sit in the front row. But beyond that, we're not having to worry about what to wear or extra bouquets to be made or choreography in whatever way that is. And that's just been so, I feel like that's a whole side project that I just haven't had to worry about. On the flip side, I did decide uh, that I did want my brothers to be my bridesmaids. I have two (laughs) bridesmen. And it has been very fun for me to tell them what they have to wear. (laughs) But there's only two of them and guys are a lot easier to dress than girls. So (laughs) that's been fun for me. Yeah, we were calling them bride bros. Bride bros, exactly. <laughs> and they I, love it. <laughs> and it's 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 nice. Um, it's really nice symmetry that Cam also has two brothers. So it's yes. two on each side. So that's the way. Not that that matters, though. If you're trying to do, you know, <laughs> no. you don't have to have same numbers. <laughs> but it did make the decision a little easier for us to make with that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if someone's looking for symmetry. <laughs> Yeah, that just sort of it's just sort of happened that way. So, yeah, I think that's that's so fun. And of course, you know, there's the whole, and we talked about this last time, the whole you know fast fashion aspect of the whole bridal party and everything, and people going out and buying fancy dresses that they never wear again. I mean, it's sort of the the proverbial bridesmaids dress, you know. I think that if I was doing bridesmaids, it would probably be, I would probably have them wear whatever they want, maybe within a certain color scheme or something. But I'm not someone who worries too much about what photos will look like. I I think that if you are having a wonderful time in your photo, then that's what your photo will look like. And I don't, I don't worry too much about colors and, and color scheming. And I think that, I don't know, maybe that's my personality. But also, I think that's a little bit of a trick that we've been taught that we yeah. should worry about that because so many people benefit from us worrying about that. Yes. And I don't know. That's something that I would also suggest is like, think about that. And if you do you really care about, I mean, obviously, there are certain things that like it's helpful to have a color scheme. But as far as what people are wearing and having that sort of dictate what people are buying to be a part of your wedding where they're getting it, how much you're spending on it, all of that. Um, it can also relieve a lot of pressure. Yeah. So I will say that. I, and I think that, you know, the whole thing about the, you know, the bridesmaids dresses and the color scheme and everything, that has to do with you're creating a picture. And that's beautiful. I mean, like, especially if you, you know, you have a sense of style and design and that might be a really, really fun expression for you but you know you're another person the the picture itself um as in not photograph but you know the whole the, the the theater part of it the theater part of the wedding um keep in mind it's what you just said the theater part of the wedding benefits a lot of people other than you it's a gigantic industry 
And yeah. you can participate in that theater to whatever degree you choose. But just once again, you be conscious of it and being conscious of where you're feeling like you don't have choice. That's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. 100%. So along those lines, other things that I've done to relieve pressure, um, prioritize in your budget. Absolutely. A day of coordinator if you're doing anything. I would even say, even if you're hosting an intimate backyard dinner party with only your immediate family, why not have a day of coordinator? Seriously, you don't want to be worrying about, you want to be fully present and with your people. You don't want to be worrying about that things are happening or people are in the right places. I'll just throw in here that in 1983, even before it was too much of a thing, I had one. So, and we still talk about her. So, <laughs> yes, it's so important. And relative to how much everything else costs in a wedding, I would say our day of coordinator is a total bargain. She's amazing. Ask for suggestions from the venue, from other vendors that you're working with, if they've worked with great day of coordinators. And if it's meaningful to you and you have never planned an event and you don't have time to add basically a part-time job to your life, then it might be worth looking into like a, a more full service planner, a full wedding planner coordinator that will do more of the planning for you. But if you're like me and you have a little bit more flexibility in your schedule and you are creative and you like expressing yourself in this way. I've had a lot of fun planning a lot of the stuff in my wedding and I wouldn't want to give it to someone else. So, but my day of coordinator, oh yeah. And I'm going to have a binder with all the things she needs. And then she just does it. She makes it all work. And she's been very accessible beforehand via phone and text too. So that's been really helpful. And I would say, look for that if you're looking for one. And other ways in which you need help that's relief pressure for me. For instance, the composting issue, that's something that's important to both of us. And we, we don't want to throw away food waste at our wedding if we can avoid it. So I've gladly delegated the compost job to you, mom. That's been a big thing off my plate. Which by the way, we have made some progress on. Exciting. Yes. And what else? Other big pressure stuff. I mean, a lot of it is just trusting your vendors, finding vendors that you trust. I like to think of all wedding vendors as artists because they are and treating them that way and letting them do their thing, trusting them to do their thing. I just, I truly haven't felt a lot of pressure in this process. I think that the bridesmaids and the day of coordinator and the hiring vendors I really love and trust and admire has helped with that. Another huge aspect that has helped relieve so much pressure is not planning a honeymoon, really intense faraway honeymoon for right after the wedding. I know a lot of people, it's so common now to like do one more in the future, which sure, well, I'll <laughs> love to do a trip sometime in the future. But also I love the idea of a honeymoon right after the wedding. So what we did is we're just going to like the closest big city to where we're getting married and doing kind of a, it's not the city where we live, it's another city, but doing kind of a staycation. And it's so funny when we tell people where we're going on our honeymoon and we're like, Richmond. And they're like, what? But Richmond's so cool, you guys. <laughs> and I imagine wherever you're living and maybe where you're getting married, uh, there's a cool place nearby that you wouldn't otherwise just invest 
time and going to visit. Um, so that's been so fun to think about. And not even like, we don't even feel like we have to plan it that much. We just have like a list of some things we'd like to do there and a couple nice places to stay and some good places to eat. And hey, I'm so excited. And before we made that decision, the honeymoon was really stressing us out. So yeah, we're saving a lot of money and a lot of stress that way. So we went to a family wedding a few weeks ago and people were asking the bride and groom, where are you going? And um, I heard the groom tell someone, you know, and this is so true, planning a wedding is a lot and planning a trip is a lot. So why do people <laughs> feel like they have to put it all together like that? Mm-hmm. So I thought that made so much sense. It's so true. Um, and again, it's just totally. like that comes from that expectation thing. It's just what people do. And it's worth parsing these things out. <laughs> I think if you have the budget, this is kind of what I was thinking at the beginning. Like if you have the budget, it'd be nice to go to like just do an all-inclusive kind of like just go to a resort somewhere or something, you know, where it's just you're only thinking about getting on the plane and getting off the plane. Um, we didn't quite have that budget. I thought we might, but then looking at it, I don't know, you guys, it's surprising. So <laughs> uh, we don't really. And even just deciding where we wanted to go and like what kind of experience we wanted to have felt like a big thought decision amongst all these other thought decisions that just felt like too much. So, and I want to say too, um, once again, expectation, you shouldn't feel pressured to have a honeymoon. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive to travel and, and, you know, if you want to do a, a small ceremony and dinner with your family and and just go home and that's your wedding. Wonderful. Sounds great. Yeah, really. My mom's like my mom's like that would have been awesome. No. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I just don't want to be feeding into the you know, the feeling of that you know. You have to do a honeymoon. Or yeah. that you have to do anything. And that's what we started out this whole episode talking yeah. about. So, yeah, just want to circle back to that. We, um, you know, watch your expectations and watch your uh, cultural assumptions. And, yeah, take it from there. And ask yourself, am I feeding my own desires and vision or am I feeding a giant industry? Actually, that's a question you can probably ask yourself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> when you're making any decision about mostly buying things. Yeah. Um, am I feeding my own desires and vision or am I feeding an industry? Heck yes. In what ways am I being influenced? Um, so yeah, I really think that's sort of all I had today to talk about, kind of just looping back to where we started, thinking about the wedding as a beautiful, meaningful beginning point and not the end of anything. Um, I hear a lot about people who like, they, you know, they're like wedding planning, wedding planning, wedding planning, wedding. And then it's like, what's next? And I, through my little like journey with my little yard and my native plant situation um, and thinking about things I also want to do on the inside of my house, like painting and sort of redesigning, just sort of creating my new life all and it's all sort of this process of create and this isn't you don't have to do this before you're getting married if you're getting married if you're not like 
what's fun about a wedding is it's like a really good, obvious excuse to focus on these things. But I sort of think that's what life is. We're sort of constantly creating and recreating the way we want to live and the way we want to be um, in the world. And it's really exciting. So do you think that wedding letdown is a thing? Like, there's so I absolutely much. think so. I, 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 I've heard of it. So what do you think is more common? Wedding letdown or wedding relief? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, I would have to do a poll on that one. I don't know. Um, I think it totally depends. But I hope wherever and however this finds you, if you are anywhere near planning a wedding or not, that you feel inspired and found this at least somewhat interesting, a little window into some of our own decision-making and our own process. It's fun to share it. It is. And and we will circle back yet again with some of our little plans for keeping it simple and sustainable as much as we can and the kind of issues we're working with. And we'll let y'all know how those things turn out. Yay. All right. Have a great rest of your week, you guys. And tune in Friday for another interview on the Good Dirt Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in the link in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer with original music composed and performed by John Kingsley. Our technical partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Alex Brower and Jose Miguel Baez. Coordinated by Gabriela Montequim. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt.